0: Love that opener.
1: We've had a lot of compliments on our uh, theme
0: tune. It's so good. It makes me feel like a real professional outfit. Uh, a lot of credit's got to be due to Adam janota really. He is the man that came up with that beautiful little ditty. Adam janota he is a absolute genius when it comes to music and tech. He is a bit of a savior. Yeah, for Yeah,
1: we recommend him for any uh sound design, music fiasco that you need doing. Adam Janota Bazowski is your man.
0: That name again? Adam, Adam Janota, Janota Bazowski. B Z O W. Bazowski. He's a good friend of ours. And we I kind of realised uh when listening to our first few episodes, Joel, no one unless you do know us, knows much about us. We're not given much away. That's true. Um, so
1: we are just a couple of mates who like talking about football. We go to football, we watch football We retain bizarre football facts. If you've listened to any episodes of this, you'll know that for a fact. Uh, And that's us, really, isn't it? Yeah, we know each other for 13 years. 13 years of
0: of shared, ridiculous football knowledge. What's your favourite football uh, anecdote that involves both of us? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'll tell mine first. We once went to an unnamed uh, League One match... Um, where we were involved in the inadvertent theft of a match ball. Yes, indeed. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I remember leaning a uh, uh, someone else who'd gone, come to the game with us over the edge of the barrier to pick up the ball and then putting it in my rucksack.
0: Those of you who have been keen listeners to the pod, if I was to say that this team was a lower league team that have fallen from grace, that have that wear Celeste shirts. That is a
1: very good clue as to who they are and uh, uh, the identity of the person who leant over to grab the ball.
0: Neither of us support said Celeste team, but the person we were with was so desperate to, quite frankly, steal a match ball that we covered for him. And then an official from the club came over and asked, not us, but someone else, who was completely bemused by the fact they had been accused of stealing a ball. And I felt so... Guilty. I didn't. I had a ball in my
1: bag and we took it home and we had many kickabouts with it. Do you still have it? Uh, No, no, not any longer. So many years ago. Uh, My favourite memory card was when we went to an unnamed Premier League away game. Yeah. Somewhere in the north, somewhere to do with dreams. Okay. Uh, A theatre of dreams, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, And the team that we were there travelling with beat the team that plays at the theatre of dreams. I remember. Uh, And the euphoria and joy, but also the man behind us who kept chanting... Nine millimetres. We're packing nine Nine millimetres. And if you're thinking, what the hell does that mean? It doesn't mean he's saying he had a nine millimetre penis. It means that
0: he had a gun capable of shooting nine uh, millimetre calibre rounds. We are the sort of away fan that we like to get stuck in. Uh, In the same match, a man with a big scar on his head leant over into the, the I guess you would call it the... um, disabled fans stand mm. uh, and stole a program out of uh, a young person in a wheelchair and then during the scramble of a goal scored by a team we were there to support I have suddenly found myself kind of coming out of this this mass of bodies to find that I had ended up arm in arm uh, sh- arms over shoulder with this absolute horrible of man. a man horrible I man felt he'd dirty. stolen
1: a program of a person in a wheelchair
0: and, and then, then you hugged him. I didn't hug him. (laughs) You did hug him. I I found myself hugging him.
1: So if you're wondering where this level of stupidity, silliness and football banter has come from, listeners, it has come from 13 years of events like that. Um, So we're going to do our last group preview. It will, of course, involve your favourites, Putin, Pravda Points, Russian Roulette, Moscow Mule and Hot To Trotsky, all of that. After this episode, we will be returning during the World Cup with a different format. But more on that at the end of the episode. Okay, Kyle, I am going to kick off the final group, group H with Putin Pravda points about Poland. Poland. Hmm, otherwise known as the White and Reds. Pretty simple. They do wear white and red or yet again, Kyle, the Eagles. Not again. Again, more Eagles for you. Um so my Putin Pravda points are well, they're very designed for 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 Vlad these. This is about the mistrust and bad blood between Russia and Poland.
0: Ah, but Poland aren't in this group with Russia. We should no. probably say who they are in this group with. Ah, yes indeed. They're in the same group as uh, Senegal. In Colombia and Japan. Yes. Uh, so, um, they the, the
1: problem here is that fans of Poland will be going to Russia. Fact. They may not be playing Russia, but there may well end up being some problems shall we say issues in part due to the the never positive political relations between the country mistrust and bad blood between Russia and Poland have been stoked over the years by numerous incidents I mean Poland has been referred to over the years as a country on wheels did you know this? because it's
0: moving shifting borders
1: All the time. Uh, And and incidents such as the Katyn massacre, when Soviet forces killed over 20,000 Polish nationals in 1940. They then subsequently blamed that on the Nazis. That stokes tensions between the two countries. And then in 2010, the wounds of things like Katyn were reopened in the most horrific way when a plane carrying Poland's president, Lech Kaczynski, and dozens of other officials, crashed on landing in Smolensk in Russia, killing all 96 passengers and crew. They were en route... ...to a memorial service for the victims of the Katyn massacre in, in 1940.
0: So is so, that a conspiracy that Well, it was... there's never
1: been any evidence that the crash was anything but an accident... ...but some politicians in Poland, including Lech Kaczynski's Krasinski, twin brother Yaroslav... ...have suggested that it may be part of a Russian plot... And that continues to fuel hatred between the two. I know I mean, about this. I mean, that yeah. bot is going b-deep, 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 right now as we speak I think on the it's desk in the overdrive. Crumbling. Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty bad.
0: I I saw a play reading about this event. Oh wow! Um, and there was some sort of insinuation that there was some uh, manufactured fog. That's as deep wow. as the conspiracy goes, which is obviously
1: crazy. That is crazy. So, in terms of concerns, there were real concerns that with the political relationships between the, the two countries not good, that the Polish hooligans will be coming to Russia and it in part will also be out of revenge for what happened at the European Championships in Poland eight years ago when the two nations played each other and at least 15 fans, Polish, Russian and German fans, were badly injured as fighting broke out in skirmishes all around Va- Warsaw in the hours leading up to kickoff. Wow. Yep. Uh, although the police using water cannon tear gas and rubber bullets somehow managed to disperse what could have been a real real tragedy uh, there were fireworks going off bottles missiles being uh, thrown the main source of all this trouble of course being a, a march by Russian supporters and there are Russian supporters who live in Poland who right. identify as Russian po- Russian polish Russian supporters from the city center marching to the national stadium for the game but also to mark Russia day yeah and those were those uh, Russian fans who were at the front were wearing hoodies, they were wearing balaclavas, and they broke ranks and they confronted Polish Polish hooligans who had lined the route in order to launch an ambush. So as the march came across the bridge, Polish hooligans ran towards the Russians. It was very violent, lots of people involved, uh, and although the police managed to regain control, it was was pretty horrific to watch, by all accounts. So that was eight years ago? That was only eight years ago. I'm saying... "Mm." You know, uh, tensions are going to be high with Polish fans in Russia. Listen, Russia have got a bad reputation with hooliganism relating to football at the moment. And the presence of Polish nationals with the memories of Katyn and uh, the the aspersions being cast around the death of the Polish president. Plus hooligans fighting each other eight years ago. It's My Putin Pravda point is... Things might get pretty choppy between Russian and Polish supporters. Well,
0: actually, Russia have uh, they've moved to contend this image of them. Have you seen this? They've no. hired a um, a discrimination uh, a senior discrimination um, officer. Oh, really? An ant- and it's Alexei Smertin.
1: Oh, wow! The old former, Russian captain former, and former Chelsea midfielder. Correct.
0: He is there to. Uh, dispel all these myths about hooliganism and uh, anti-gay rights. And racism. And racism. And he's, and he, you know, he's pushing against a, uh, yeah. a tide. Sorry, Vlad, but...
1: Yeah, there is a... I, I think everyone... um We started Group A by talking about LGBT rights in Russia. I think we can say that if this World Cup passes without any hooliganism or any incidents of racist chanting on the terraces, it will be a miracle.
0: And we're talking about... Uh, unorganised we're talking about organised violence it's, yes. it's different to you know scuffles that might break out due to a result which you know in the heat of uh, national tournaments happens often we're talking yes. about organised crime
1: yeah essentially essentially we are so uh, on a that's a negative note to end my uh, my uh, Putin Pravda points on Poland but I feel I should do anyway would you like to hear my Russian roulette choice yeah let's talk about the positive side the of, of positive Poland the positive side yeah it's Gregor Krakowiak Yeah. He spent last season on loan at at West Brom Mm -hmm. from Paris Saint-Germain. He was awful. Yeah. West Brom were relegated and now he's back at PSG. Now, when he first signed for PSG, it was a huge, huge move for him. It was a real big moment. He's one of those players who gets held up as an example of the future of a country. Poland want to build a team around him. He didn't make it into the PSG team. He went on loan to West Brom. He hardly covered himself in glory. He's now back at PSG. His loan spell ended. West Brom were relegated. If he has a couple of good games, maybe he'll stay on at PSG, become a linchpin in their midfield, or maybe a big money move.
0: I think it's going to be a move.
1: And I think he's a classic Russian roulette because it could go either way. We know he's got the talent. He wouldn't have been signed for by Paris Saint-Germain and all their Qatari money if he did I think didn't. he was at Sevilla. He won a couple of
0: yeah. uh, Europa Leagues in their midfield.
1: Yeah, he's definitely good enough to make it in the Premier League, but he didn't last season, so who knows. So, that's my Russian roulette. Hot to Trotsky. Now, it's not the best-looking squad in the tournament, the Polish squad. What's wrong with them? There's, not, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not... It's not that they're... They're I'm,
0: not strong-jawed starers like you like. Yeah, whereas... Well, actually, to be fair... Well, you found one. I did find My stars, on. what a stare!
1: Lucas Piszczek, the 33-year-old right back, he has got starry, starry eyes and a strong jaw. I think there's a real bat emerging here. Absolutely, Lucas Piszczek. I think he's a very handsome man, though. No? Uh, yeah. Get in there. There's a photo of him, uh, listeners, with an open collared shirt. He's got his, uh, his, he's got a sort of slight open mouthed look at the camera. Hair going straight up in that classic football style. Piercing baby blue slash green eyes. Yeah, he's
0: a very masculine looking, uh, you know, central European man.
1: Yeah, he's not without his charms, is what you're saying.
0: Not charms that I would uh, find charming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not got charming charms.
0: No, not the guy
1: Okay, fine. Well, let's move quickly on to the Moscow Mule. Wojciech Szczesny. He has been. Excellent, listeners. He is the number one goalkeeper. He's been the reserve goalkeeper to one of the most famous and best goalkeepers of all time, Gianluigi Buffon at Juventus in Italy. So what odds, just as Buffon retires and steps away from football, what odds can you get on Wojciech Szczesny <laughs> having a terrible
0: World Cup? So you're saying it's his chance to show that he deserves the number one shirt for his club Yes. by playing well for his country. Exactly. I, I feel like he has a he can have a focus issue at times. Yeah, totally. He used to play for Arsenal um, in London, and mm. he 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 wasn't, you know, he was a, sometimes guilty of the odd flap and the odd yeah. uh, complaint. He's a flapper, and not in the fun nineteen twenties
1: sense.
0: Maybe I mean that's <laughs> an image.
1: Wojciech should be dressed up as a go-go girl.
0: On that bombshell.
1: <laughs> that concludes
0: Poland in Group H. <laughs>
1: Next up in Group H, Kyle, it's the Senegalese. Senegal. I've got a soft spot for them. Who doesn't? The Lions of Taranga. Wow, that's my favourite name. The Lions of Taranga. Yep. It's great, isn't it? Uh, no, so I think I, I'm pretty sure that my Putin Pravda points on them, or Pravda point, if you will, is the reason you have a soft spot for them. Is it to do, by any chance, with the 2002 World Cup that was in South Korea and Japan? It does. Excellent. So, I'm going to start off my Putin to Point then by talking about France. Good, that's got loads to do with Senegal. It's a lot to do with Senegal. So, France uh, were led into the 2002 World Cup by Roger Lemaire, the man who had been the assistant when they won the uh, World Cup in 1998. Uh, he would also then been the manager when they won the 2000 European Champions uh, Championship. So, they were the world champions. They were the European champions. They had come through a group... They they were paired in a group, sorry, containing Uruguay, Denmark and Senegal. Easy group. Easy group, especially in those days. Uruguay didn't have much about them. No one fancied the Senegalese and the Danish were sort of middle of the road at that time. Senegal had come into the tournament having qualified from the African zone, which then was called CAF, uh, by topping their group ahead of the more fancied Moroccan team. But nobody thought on any level that then-manager Bruno... Bruno Metsu and his team would have a chance against the almighty world champions, the French.
0: It was billed as like an exhibition match.
1: Yeah. And the first game for both teams was Senegal versus France.
0: That was back in the day when the the tournament winners or the the tournament holders played the opening game. Rather than the tournament hosts, which which is happening
1: in uh, this World Cup. So, first game of the tournament, Senegal-France. Senegal had no household names. They had El Hadji Diouf, a 21-year-old striker who just won African Player of the Year. That was about it. France, and even our non-football fan listeners will recognize some of these. Emmanuel Petit, David Trezeguet, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Marcel Desailly, Claude Makélélé, Liliane Touram, and of course, Zinedine Zidane. This is a who's who of French amazing legends. Exactly. And when the lineups were named, however, one surprise omission. Zidane probably the best player in the world at that time yeah missing from the starting lineup. he'd had a little injury not a major one but he could only only fit enough for the bench but no one even then no one thought well there's no way France are going to lose to Senegal right but here we go The kick off and uh, uh, the French are cautious you know it's a big stage it's 23 minutes but they have even a remote attack Trezeguet David Trezeguet striker hits the bar uh oh People see
0: the floodgates about to open. They're doing this with their hands, rubbing their hands with glee. That was the great radio there, Carl. You can hear that. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So, El Haji Diouf sprints down the right. He's got the beating of Marcel Desailly. He's running at Frank Leboeuf, 30-year-old, ageing legs, 30-plus-year-old, sorry, Frank Leboeuf, unable to deal with the pace of him. Diouf gets down the outside... (gasps) Crosses it in. The goalkeeper Fabian Barthez and midfielder Emmanuel Petit collide trying to deal with the cross. No. Yes. And Papa Booba Diop, best name ever, comes from deep to smash home. Comes from Diop. Comes. I mean, I'm I'm mime applauding so as not to deafen our listeners. Excellent work. He comes from Diop. <laughs> <laughs> so Papa Booba smash it home. Yes, Papa. Yes. And the French team never ever. Recovered from that, it was extraordinary. It was an absolute wonderful way to start a World Cup, and you couldn't help but fall for the Senegalese team when you
0: were at that time, about sixteen years old. Yes, people say I know. That old, my parents would say, "Where were you on the moon landing? Where were you when President JFK was shot, Joel? Where were you when he came from Diop to score that goal?"
1: I was watching with uh, my then. Uh, Friend in his parents' front room on a big screen. Well,
0: where were you? I tell you where you should have been, Joel. Where? At school. <laughs> because I watched that game at school.
1: Did you? Yeah, I you... just bunked for the. Shouldn't say that
0: really. What? what what's your school <laughs> going to do now?
1: <laughs> There's
0: a chat bot for Joel's. Joel's.
1: Joel's. The Joel's college. That's great. Oh, um, dear.
0: <laughs> I was sitting in the biology block. On the tables that used to have in biology books, which are really high on stools with the with the sinks at either end, yeah. And they wheeled in a telly because the biology teacher said, "We're not bloody doing any biology today, lads yeah, and nice. girls. We're going to watch football." We were like, "What, really?" And he, we watched the whole thing. Great. I, I,
1: yeah, no, I bunked off. Anywho, uh, let's move on to Russian roulette, shall we, Carl? Let's do
0: it. Any goal?
1: Balde, twenty-three-year-old winger slash forward, as you would call him, winger wing attacker. Uh, he was actually born in Spain. Do you know that?
0: Get him out of this team, then.
1: Well, um, I mean, I think it's quite nice for once for Senegal, who often lose players to France, Senegalese French players who end up playing for France, to have someone who was born outside of Senegal.
0: And just for the record, that sounded very uh, aggressive. I, I am up for anyone playing for whatever national team they would like to. So he started at Barcelona. It's another winger from Barcelona. Oh, wow. Do you know this
1: fact? No. Why do you think Keita Balde, 23-year-old winger, was sent out on loan as a punishment what do you think he did?
0: I think he probably refused to do tiki-taka properly.
1: Nope. He, as a prank, had put ice cubes in a senior teammate's bed. That's uh, not that bad. Nobody knows which of the senior teammates it was, though, Kyle. Think about Barcelona. Who has the power? In my head, Keita Balde, ice cubes in Messi's bed. PK, I think. PK. Someone complained enough that he got sent out on loan. Then they tried to bring him back on loan, but back from his loan. He refused to come back. And uh, Tribunal set his fee as he uh, went to Lazio in Italy. He then joined Monaco for £22.5 million last year. If he finds form and focus, focus is his problem. He's fast and skillful, but he drifts in and out of games. If he finds form and focus in Russia, though, I expect a big money move to the
0: Premier League. Is uh, Is he? Is he? Did he play on loan from Monaco this season? Or was he at Monaco this season? He's at Monaco. I've heard lots of good things about this boy. Yeah, 23 years old. He's already played
1: for Barcelona, Lazio and Monaco. Monaco, selling club. I can see him arriving on uh, British shores before the end of the tournament. In my
0: mind, I'm putting him on one wing. I'm putting Herving Lozano on the other wing. Yes. A couple of absolute pranksters. Yeah. But you'd need someone calm up front what, to, Chucky? to Ch- chill them out. Who would chill them out as a number nine to pass to? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Mon- <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to say? <laughs> I, I was, uh, not Montero. What's his name? The per- Peruvian
1: cocaine striker. Oh, great. What a Guerrero. Guerrero. Guerrero, Lozano and Balde. The Ice Cube Kid. The Ice Cube El Kid. El Chucky. El Chucky, who and... uh, scared his, his teammates as a kid. And, and I'll uh, have some sugar in my tea, please. Uh, a, a completely and <laughs> utterly clean and not a bad person. Justice Guerrero. has
0: partially been done.
1: <laughs> Let's do Hot To Trotsky. Let's. It's. I, do you know what? I knew this would be the last team that I spoke about. And you've been accusing me of of choosing young-looking men as my hot-to-trots So you picked an old man. An incredibly young-looking man. Oh, God. Who is it? Ismail Asar. He could not look younger if he tried.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'm looking at him now. He, to all intents and purposes is a teenage boy. Yeah. Why do you think it's appropriate to bring a teenage boy to the attention of our Mostly listeners? Mostly to
1: annoy you, I think.
0: I think you've lost sight of the I point might have of Hot lost tro- Trotsky. I have
1: definitely lost sight of the point of Hot to Trotsky, no question. He's a, he's a handsome young man.
0: Yeah, but I think it's inappropriate. What, to say that he's handsome? Why? He's 20? Some of our listeners might be looking to... There'll be a couple of drinks down in the pub... They want to know who to look out for. He's too young to look out for. I, I Listen, look up Ismail Assar, S-A-R-R, and if you think he's too young
1: to look out for, I apologise. Look elsewhere. Look elsewhere. That's my hot to Trotsky, Carl. Like it or lump it. Like it and lump it, if you will. Moscow mule. Do you know who likes lumps? Who? Guerrero in his
0: teeth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Off sugar, yeah. allegedly. Partially. Moscow Mule. Uh, so this is a incredibly highly rated defender who currently makes his living playing for Napoli in Italy. It is Caladu Koulibaly, one of the highest rated centre backs in the whole of Europe. His defensive record is admirable. His ability to pass the ball out of the back is great. He is strong. He's a quick player. So cue an abysmally bad World Cup littered
0: with mistakes, right? Um. In and like conversely, for big clubs, that means they'd get him on a bargain. Yeah. Because he's been linked for 55, 60 million pound moves. He actually epitomises what I do like about Senegal. He is relentless. Yep. And so uh, the, all their best players are, are relentless. Mane, yeah, relentless. relentless. I can't wait to watch his team play. No,
1: they're going to be great. But I, 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 I've I, chosen him as my Moscow Mule purely on the fact that he has an excellent
0: reputation. Great. Well, you know, all the best for him. But maybe Joel's prediction is going to come true. And that is Senegal. Everyone's talking about Colombia. Colombia. I think a massive competitor for best kit. Oh, really? Yeah, against Nigeria. We've talked about Nigeria's kit. I mean, I wouldn't mess with that Nigerian kit. Three million people can't be wrong, Carl. They cannot be wrong. But the Colombia kit is obviously uh, yellow. And I'm saying obviously because we know it's a lovely shade of yellow uh, in competition with Brazil's yellow. But the Colombia kit has got some lovely blocks coming from under the armpit. In red and dark blue. I'd say midnight yes, blue. Definitely yes, not indeed. celeste.
1: No, not celeste. Not it's celeste a, blue.
0: It's an homage to an old uh, 90s kit, and I love it. Great. My Putin Pravda points there for Colombia. Uh, what are they called, Carl? Columbia. Oh, sorry. They're called the Los Cafeteros. That's right, the coffee growers. The
1: coffee growers.
0: I, I definitely painted you as a, an avid speaker of Spanish. Not at all. No, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so the my <laughs> Colombia Putin Pravda points... Uh, they start bad and they get worse. They're all to do with uh, it- alterations, altercations. Alterations? Altercations. Altercations. <laughs> uh, involving players. Great, go for it. The hit first me, one. Hit me with
1: the bad and then we'll
0: get to the worst. The bad, last November, uh, the Columbia played in a friendly against South Korea. And there was an incident where two players squared up to each other. And uh, the Colombian player was seen to pull his eyelids close oh, in a, uh, a quite no. frankly, a disgusting racist incident against oh. the South Korean. He uh, Do you think, though, that he made the squad? Yes. Thank goodness he didn't. Oh, thank God. So Edwin Cardona will not be playing in this World Cup. Good. He's a racist and he shouldn't. It's. I mean, that is absolutely disgraceful. I mean, I don't know why I'm pretending like that is worse than what happens to black players in the European leagues on a weekly basis. It's not. It's, it's not. But it's on it's the just, field. It's shocking, and I can tell you why it is. Actually, it's because it's visual, and it. It. it you can see it. You can because, see exactly what he means. It's
1: because racist fans can get away with it by hiding the fact, hiding behind the fact that they're fans. Stuff that happens on the terraces gets shouted out, and it's a body of play people doing it. Whereas a player on the pitch. Pulling his eyes like that is very... Vis- it's public. It's disgusting.
0: Well, good riddance to him. Yes, good riddance. But not... This next person is not good riddance at all. In the World Cup in USA 94...
1: Ah, yes. We uh, we did... Uh, we foreshadowed this a couple of episodes back.
0: We did. There was a situation in which Colombia went out at the group stages. A 2-1 loss to the USA condemned them to not qualify. And the player that scored the own goal, Escobar, no more than a week later, was shot dead.
1: He was assassinated for having played badly at football. It, uh, listen, it doesn't matter how important you think football is, and football in Colombia is a, a really important thing, it is absolutely disgusting that a young man lost his life because he
0: scored an own goal. Well, in fairness to... Well, I'm saying in fairness to the murder. I'm not going to say that, of course not. Contextually, everyone... Involved in the football national team, all the, the people that were coaching him tried to imply, obviously, no, you don't want there's no blame put by anyone on this man's, this poor man's shoulders. And also, imagine being the, the player that had the shot that got deflected.
1: Oh, yeah, you feel like it was your fault. You, it, it to explain, a, listeners, the own goal came from him putting a foot out to deflect somebody
0: else's shot. It was actually a cross, it was a cross by John Hark's. So John Harks is, you know, going for the rest of his life knowing that if you put that cross anywhere else, that man wouldn't have lost his life. But what I was saying was basically the coaches, and including the head coach, Francisco Matarana, he went out and stated that this is a reflection of the problems with our society, Colombian society, mm. and reflect not on our team whatsoever. Which is obviously a, a, an attempt to deflect away the absolute, absolute shocking tragedy of what happened. Yeah,
1: but it's worth, I mean, in, in the coach's shoes, you have to say something like that. Because it is, that is... God, that is really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, shot six times with a thirty-eight caliber pistol. The it was reported. I mean, I don't going to say this bit, but I'm going to say it now because I've started. There was uh, rumors, and it reported at the time that with every shot, the the shooter shouted out gold, which is just so dark. Let's move on. Does it get worse than that? That's it. Thank um, God think... for
1: that. Russian. Well, I feel feel like we shouldn't call it Russian roulette for this. Uh, tell me your player who you think might come from Colombia to do well. Because
0: I don't think we should call it Russian Roulette after that story. No, that's right. So what 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 I should do is just talk about how great the kit is again. <laughs> uh, I love the kit. Um, the uh, the best, I think one of the top ever Russian Roulettes was James Rodriguez at the last World Cup. Yep. He honestly... He lit the World Cup up. How old well were we then? Late 20s? 28? Tw- uh, 27? Well, no, we're 32 now. I'm not yet. Uh, whoops. Uh- <laughs> We watched, we watched a lot of games together, and we, we avidly followed Colombia, and even at that age, I suddenly had that, which is what a good World Cup can do. I think do. our
1: then-housemate had them in a, um, we used to live together, that's a little, as a putin to point about Colombia for you, I think our then-housemate had them in a
0: sweepstake. Did they?
1: Yeah, so we uh, we watched it avidly. Yeah, and we did. And James Rodriguez was amazing.
0: But he just made me believe in the wonder of football again. Yep. And what, what a statement. And he, what happened at the end of the World Cup, Carl? He moved to Real Madrid.
1: Real Madrid.
0: And also it was a huge fanfare because there's a big Colombian-based population of Madrid and they went absolutely, for want of a better word, loco. That's a Spanish word. (laughs) Yeah. Is that racist, Joel? No. Thank you. No
1: racist klaxon from me.
0: (laughs) So he was the, he's my favourite Russian roulette and it was worth it. Although you could say that he's actually kind of gone off the pale and they've loaned him out for a two-year loan to Bayern Munich.
1: Yeah. So
0: maybe, well, is he your Russian roulette pick this time? No, it's Radamel Falcao. Radamel! Oh, yeah. So we're familiar with him. Um, Those of you who aren't familiar with him, he's had a real up-and-down career over the last five years. He has been one of the hotshots of European football over the last decade. Yep. He's played for Atletico Madrid, he's played for Porto, he's played for Monaco, he's played for Manchester United, and he's played for Chelsea. Where is he now? He's back at Monaco. Oh, right. And he actually had a fairly decent season. He scored over 25 goals, but... He uh, he has chronic injury problems and his move to Monaco originally did not pan out well. He ended up on loan at Manchester United and at Chelsea where he scored less than 10 goals at both of those clubs in total. So why is he your Russian roulette then? Who's going to take a punt? I think he's up for one more move. Amazing. If he,
1: if he came back to, a, say, a middle of the road Premier League team and scored twenty goals next season, it would be a nice fairy tale ending to his career. I could see him going for a top six club. Wow. And we we've been trying to
0: pick uh, Liverpool. They don't have any strikers. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a plan B for Liverpool. A plan B for Firmino. I think he'd be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Great he's, shout. He's I like got that one. An incredible range of finishing. Yeah, I like that Russian roulette a lot. Who's your hot to Trotsky? I don't think you've heard of this player, Joel Yeri Mina. Nope, I have never heard of that player. Yerry Mina moved to Barcelona, and uh, he actually started making the first team squad recently. He did not play well. Here he is. He looks a bit like, like a like a darker complexioned nanny from Portugal. I yeah yeah he does. I think he's really cute. Yeah, I mean, Joel doesn't like him. No, I mean, I like his high top. He's got great hair, high top. He is really young actually, and he's uh, he's a centre back. He's quite cultured, but. He faced a lot of pressure from the Barcelona oh dear. Uh, faithful. So I don't think he's going to stay. But, but no,
1: I see your point. I take your point.
0: I think he's really fresh-faced and charming. And Say his, I... say his name again for the listeners. Yerry, Y-E-R-R-Y. Like Jerry with a Y. Yerry Mina. M-I-N-A. M-I-N-A. Mina.
1: Mina. Yeri, Yeri Mina. Mina. Yerry Mina.
0: Look him up. There's that Spanish again, Joel.
1: Yep, there it is. So... Finish this Colombian uh, team with your Moscow
0: mule. Carlos Sanchez. Carlos Sanchez, centre midfielder? He is, and he used to Did play used for to Aston, Aston Villa. Villa. There we go. I like it when I have some of this knowledge. <laughs> so he he is actually the linchpin of this Colombia team. Right. Um, he, alongside players like Juan Cuadrado, who also came to prominence with James Rodriguez at the last World Cup, tend to play better for Colombia than they do for their clubs.
1: Interesting. So why is he a Moscow mule then?
0: I feel like he's too much of a weak link. Right, okay. So He's they, keeping they up rely some young players that are actually very uh, promising, like Wilmar Barrios, uh, who is plays in the same position, but he probably will miss out due to Sanchez. Now, I'm basing this really on my understanding of him as a player. I, I've i seen him play poorly for Villa many times. Let's see if he can keep his uh, international form up, but if they come up against a, a top team in the knockouts, so I think he might be their undoing. Our last team. Oh fantastic. We, we will have covered all of the teams this World
1: Cup. We will have covered Putin Pravda Points, Hot Trotsky, Russian Roulette, and Moscow Mule for each of the 32 teams in the Russian World Cup. That is
0: that is an admirable commitment to our listeners, I think. I think if they're still listening, then they will have got we, So many facts. So many facts. So many Putin I mean Putin will have had a he will have a book full. Putin, I mean I expect him to write a book on it. Tell me about Japan. I will tell you about Japan. I'm gonna get ahead of it. My first Putin and point, point, uh, Japan, the word they use for football is Saka. Oh, really? Like soccer, but with an A. It's derived from the word soccer, obviously, uh, but the old word that they don't use anymore is Futoburo.
1: That is the only acceptable use of an accent in this entire run of eight episodes. You say
0: that, but well, whenever I've done a Spanish-based you name, I have I've done, done an accent.
1: I've done an accent.
0: I listen to I've... myself say "Willy Caballero."
1: Yeah, I have. Um, I have monitored your accents, and they've been fine.
0: I'm just trying to speak as the person themselves would like to hear it. What is the nickname of the Japanese national team? It's brilliant. It's up there with uh, the Lions of the Tarag. Tarang- lions of Taranga. Samurai Blue.
1: Samurai Blue. Wow. and Well, well samurai... You've samurai-blown my mind.
0: <laughs> wow. When you think about samurai blue, um, it, it, it's also... It's reflecting the colour of their shirts. For those who don't know, it's a midnight blue shirt. And obviously in Japan, samurais wear very, very dark blue robes. Indeed. Uh, I always thought they were black robes. But it must be very, very dark blue to kind of match the night sky. Ah, right. Um, so samurai blue. Uh, the old word for football before football, so before even World War II was shukyu, which means kickball.
1: Amazing. Yeah. You found out three different words that the Japanese refer to football as. That is a Putin parameter point for... I mean, that's pretty blooming great. Yeah, I think it's quite a universal
0: one. Anyone could whack that one out.
1: No, I'm impressed. I wouldn't have even thought that they had three different words for football.
0: When do you think their first World Cup was, Joel? The first one that they were involved in as a, a qualifying team? 62. It was our very first remembered world cup well mine anyway 1998 i mean mine was very much 94 but sure
1: yes 1998 is that crazy that is mad that's considering you know how big a team they are and how important the team they are
0: some of that will be because they only their their national league their domestic league the premier league the uh, j league the j league only only founded in 1993 so before then they only had semi-professional teams oh wow there you go uh, and so I think it's quite a jump though to go from being in your first World Cup in 1998 to hosting your first World Cup in, in 2002. 2002 Jeez, yeah it is. So that's quite a steep learning curve they haven't them.
1: had much success at World Cups Japan
0: no and they I... have
1: got some great players though
0: mm, they have some players <laughs> and we're going to find out about some of those <laughs> but before we do I would like to talk to you about another of my Putin Pravda points yeah go on um, what made I'm
1: still laughing at they have some players they
0: have 23 <laughs> All the clubs have 23. We've established that the nation- in the in, the, in oh. all the international clubs. All the teams <laughs> in this clubs. world. Joel, we're getting to the end of the team. You're losing it. Let's <laughs> keep it together for another five okay. minutes, okay? Sorry, yeah, go on. What's that I can hear? Robbie Williams singing oh, Let, Let Me Entertain really You. Sing, Let Me Entertain You. That's right. We're recording this moments before the World Cup starts. We're so before, excited. Moments but before. But Japan, don't worry. I'm going to give you adios. I'm going to talk about manga.
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't have expected anything less from our Putin Pravda points.
0: So, manga is responsible for really kicking off the love for, for football in Japan. And because they had a, uh, a football-oriented Japanese animation series, or manga series, called Captain Tsubasa. started in 1981, mm. so 17 years before they qualified for a World Cup. And not only is this uh, manga kind of credited with starting the boom of Sakara, what did I say it was? Saka, <laughs> in Japan. Uh, but also, lots of prominent non-Japanese players... Have have actually credited themselves personally and said to other people that this is where I first began to love football. That's Those amazing. players include Zidane. Zinazin Zidane got inspired to love football by a manga cartoon. Totti, Francesco Totti, Fernando Torres, Christian Vieri, Giuseppe Scully, I don't know who he is. James Rodriguez. Ah, we've just spoken about him. Alexis Sanchez and Del Piero.
1: I've never heard of this cartoon, but clearly it's got a wide-reaching...
0: I mean, that's a lot of different nations. I think we should all go and watch an episode of Captain Tsubasa. Let us do that. It's a silent T. Those of you who speak Japanese, maybe they don't do silent T's. Maybe it's Tsu. T-S-U. Tsubasa. Tsubasa. Yeah, I think it's Tsubasa. Right. They also are famous in Japan. The Japanese football is also famous for having one of the oldest players to ever play professional football. He is still playing. Yes, I've heard about this guy. He had his debut... In 1993, when the when the league first became That's professional. fantastic.
1: He has spanned
0: the whole professional duration of football in his own country. Nothing better than being as old as the... Uh, well, he's older than that, but still, yeah. Sorry, go on. His name is Kazuyoshi Miura. Mm. He's known as King Kazu, or Kazu. He's 51. He's still playing in the second division. He's a forward. He's still got the legs at 51. That's amazing. I'm, 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 I'm a fan already. I don't know anything about him other than his age, and I'm a fan. So what we're saying is... Japan There's is leading the way in, in... I mean, why shouldn't Ronaldo play till he's 50? Why shouldn't Messi play till he's 46? Is it something in the diet? Does he say he eats sushi? I think that he is incredibly... He's a bit of a... Uh, who was our hot coach? Uh, LV... LV, 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 enough. LV I think he works out constantly. Right. yeah, okay. That's the end of my Pravda points. Well, in that case, Kyle, hit me with some Japanese roulette. Sorry, Russian roulette. I will. My Russian roulette is Hiroki Sakai. Have you heard of him? No, I have not. He's a right back. He's 28. He plays for Marseille. And he's been linked with Crystal Palace.
1: Ooh, I I just. Players getting linked to teams in the lower half of the Premier League always excites me because if it's someone I've never heard of, I get so excited that I will see them play next season. And at this point, if Hiroki Sakai had a great World Cup and went to uh, Crystal Palace, I'd be so thrilled just to see what he's like.
0: That is exactly the point of basically our podcast, isn't it? To get you G'd up to watch players you previously didn't know about or cared about. Or just to watch football in general if you don't care about football. Yeah, I think think generally it's that for those who don't. And for those who do, it's looking at those particular players. Oh, I can
1: think of at least two of our regular listeners who will be... Thrilled to learn about Hiroki Sakai.
0: Hiroki Sakai, I think, just because it's just because it's Palace, just because of Roy Hodgson yeah. and his international pedigree. The manager of Palace, for those who don't know, he's managed. He's an English manager who was managed in about eight different countries. This
1: is his second appearance on the Absolute Worldy Podcast because obviously he manages a fictional
0: Croydon FC, where I refer to him as part human, part owl. <laughs> he. <laughs> He, if he's interested in Sakai, yeah. then I, I'm interested in Sakai.
1: I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So that is your Russian roulette. Yeah. Uh, hot
0: to Trotsky. This is another Sakai. An- another Sakai? His name is Gotoku Sakai. Right. And a di- he a has, different Sakai. He has two brothers that is, both play
1: football. Is the first one one of his brothers? No.
0: <laughs> so I tried to look up how common Sakai is as a, a surname in Japan. Yeah. Mixed results. <laughs> I'm gonna show Joel a picture of, <laughs> of Gotoku Sakai. Oh wow,
1: oh he's, thats a great hot Trotsky to go out. Oh, that one there. There's a photo of him telling his play his teammates to play up. He's got this body language that says, "Come on, guys, we can do this." And the veins in his neck are popping out. He's got blonde-tipped hair going down into his face. He is a han. Kyle, I give it to you. He might be the
0: hottest to Trotsky yet. Yes, I think I knew you'd like Kim Joel, because he's young-looking. Oh um, um, <laughs> So the thing about Gotoku Sakai, and, and I mean, he very well should be shouting at his teammates because his team got relegated this season. Ah, well, yeah. Hamburg. They finally fell Hamburg. over the precipice oh, of, no. the, of the Bundesliga and he's gone down with them. But he is um, Japanese father, yes. American mother. Oh, wow. Born in New York City. He's 27. He's also a right back. That's going to be very confusing. Sorry, ha-
1: Japanese father, American mother Sorry. plays in
0: Germany. Japanese Father German, mother
1: right. That explains why he born plays in, in Germ- America. Right,
0: plays in Germany. He, I think he looks like a mixture between Luke Evans, the Welsh actor, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, a I a young Leonardo. I DiCaprio. see that
1: hundred percent. That is a great shout. Nice. He, yeah,
0: I think he's a hottie.
1: Kyle, you know what time it is? It's our time last for Moscow our Mule. final Moscow Mule. Our final category of all these group previews.
0: Can I do the noise now? Go on, then. Uh- <gasps> That's not a mule, that's a car horn. Thank <laughs> God we didn't do that every time. Moving on, Maya Yoshida.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maya Yoshida. Southampton centre-back.
0: Maya Yoshida, Southampton centre-back. He's usually reliable, but, and this is why I chose him, at the end of the season he got sent off for Saints right in the time where they needed to win their last few games to survive. They did survive by the skin of their teeth, but not with him.
1: No, he was out of the team, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, and he. the thing about him is he's always been through pure uh, ability and uh, calmness and being in the right place at the right time, you don't really notice him. Mm. He's a he's like a non-assuming player, but the fact that he got sent off in that game just showed to me, right, when the pressure's on, maybe he's going to crumble. And he's one of the experienced players for his Japanese team. So Joel, I'm making him... My Group H red card shout-out. Oh, we're
1: going out on a Group H red card shout-out. Our final red card shout-out. Our final Moscow Mule. And do you know what, Kyle? Once again, I am thoroughly in agreement. Maya Yoshida, gonna be a Moscow Mule. Sorry, Maya. With football, yeah. So that is our final group preview done. That is eight episodes of Fantastic Facts, all geared towards you, listener, and of course, our main listener, Putin.
0: I've had so much fun, Vlad. Honestly, when we set out to do these group stages, we thought it would be two episodes. It's been eight. It's been great. It's been a great eight. It's been a great eight, mate. It's been G8. Paul Gascoigne.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so
0: we're now going to talk briefly, as uh, as the players are warming up over there for Russia, Russia Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia. Uh, about what we're going to do next. We've done the groups. You've got all the information you need on that. Now we want to talk about how we're going to approach the group stages so, the following episodes of Absolute
1: Worldy, the episodes that follow these first eight, will involve us watching a game. But we will be watching every game with special guests. Sometimes they'll know th- things about football, sometimes they won't. What we can guarantee you, though, is that it will be as fun,
0: as silly, and as
1: generally both entertaining and irreverent as all of these
0: episodes have been keep tuned into absolute worldy podcast we've we're really loving it we can't wait to do some more we think you're really going to enjoy the format we've kind of set out for these we're not going to talk about them just now but do keep listening and please subscribe please give us some reviews give us some stars and we will will keep uh, you po- oh, no. <laughs> we'll keep you posted <laughs> <laughs> this is... No, I'm leaving
1: it in. Carl's desperately making, uh, trying to ask me to cut, but we're not going to. We're going to leave... <laughs> no, in. We will be getting ahead of a game next week. Until then, listeners, goodbye. Goodbye. The Absolute Worldy Podcast is produced by Joel Samuels and Kyle Ross. Our theme tune is courtesy of Adam Bazowski. All other music is non-copyright and licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you again for listening, and do remember to like, share, and subscribe. Bye!